Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who've carved out a great career in the sector, as well as talk to employers and experts who champion diversity and gender equality. During Series 3, we're teaching women how to be bold and proud in pursuing their career ambitions by sharing top tips and expertise. This week, it's International Women's Day, and the theme is all about choosing to challenge. So on the show today, we're talking about how to become more assertive as a woman, whether it is you need to communicate more effectively with managers or your partners or kids to get the balance you need. Today, to talk about this topic, I'm delighted to have Antoinette Del Henson, who's a keynote speaker, executive coach and founder of the Gravitas program and author of Leading with Gravitas and Power Up. Antoinette, please do introduce yourself and tell us more about Power Up. Thanks, Heather. It's great to be here, especially on the week of International Women's Day. And I have been running my own business for the last 14 years. And then before that, I spent 16 years working in communications in PR. God, when you add those numbers up, that makes me feel (laughs) really old. Um, I specialize in communication skills, assertiveness, and particularly how women can power up and fulfill their potential in their workplace and in their life. And The book Power Up came out a year ago in January 2020, and I wrote it in response to the gender pay gap when that started to be reported, and also um, following the Me Too movement, where all those stories around how women had been inappropriately treated in the workplace, when all those stories started to come out. And I've got two teenage daughters, and I was really inspired to create something that women could access and read so that they would not have to go through some of the challenges that I certainly experienced when I was um, in in you know in the corporate world and yeah to give to give all women um, the best chance of being successful I think it's Mm. a really fascinating time for women at the moment and you know we've got lots of opportunities the pandemic notwithstanding but I think it's now just as important as it ever has been for us to know how to ask for what we want and make sure we get it and really be assertive in that way. Fabulous and I think all those years of experience is what makes us special as women as well so (laughs) I think it's like some ways people like oh my god I can't believe I'm 50 I'm like I think it'd be great to be 50 because you've got all this wealth of knowledge and people will take you seriously and that's something that I've always struggled with a little bit of saying are people going to take me seriously in a room because quite often people think I'm younger than I am, um, you know, and I'm like trying to get, you know, when you're dealing with senior managers and facilitating workshops, you want them to take them seriously. So I think this will be really good tips today to go, well, how do I talk in an assertive way that gets people bought into you, regardless of your age? Because if you're in your late 40s or 50s, people might naturally align with you because they're taking you more seriously because they believe you've got the wealth and expertise. Whereas when you're in your thirties and early forties, people might say, well, what do they know? And so this need to come across in a a nice way, assertive way that isn't bold or, you know, isn't going to get people's back up, particularly if they're 
are older than you or you know would obviously in their senior positions um I think this topic is so valuable for working in the tech sector because you are in a tech role and a project role you are guiding people through a process they have to trust you you Mm -hmm. have to put they have to put their team and their organization in your hands because you are going to change the whole way they are going to work <laughs> and take them on this journey. And if that goes wrong, there can be absolutely severe consequences. So I think it's it's such a great topic that we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to do a deep dive into one of your chapters, aren't we? Mm. And so the book Power Up, The Smart Woman's Guide to Unleashing Her Potential, it covers all the different ways in which women can tap into and unleash their own power. And so there's a model that breaks it down. There's the power of intuition. There's the power of knowledge. There's a power of resilience. It's been really, really important over the past year, particularly. There's a power of magnetism. There's a power of relationships. And then finally, there's the power of assertiveness, which which does tie in really, really nicely with the International Women's Day theme around choose to challenge. And as you say, I I think, uh, Heather, that maybe particularly in the health, in in the um, tech space, you know, which has traditionally been quite male dominated, it can be quite challenging for women at whatever stage actually of their life and their career to get taken seriously and and have their voice heard because the perception can sometimes be that you know this is a role that 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 was taken up by a man and and there's those those conscious biases that people face but there are also the unconscious biases as well and so I've been invited to deliver a number of talks as part of International Women's Day this week and 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 they're all from tech companies. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, assertiveness is one of the challenges that most most women face. And, you know, one of the most popular questions that I get asked is, well, you know, how, how can I be more? How can I be more assertive? Okay. Well, let's deep dive into that today, shall we? Let's talk about why is it important to be assertive in the first sense? Why, why should we have this on our radar and re- be really thinking about it? It's really important to be assertive because if we're not assertive, we don't get what we want and we don't really fulfill our potential. I think that there are a lot of big barriers in the way of women to when it comes to being taken seriously and when it comes to communicating assertively. If you think about how we are conditioned as women, so how we're brought up, traditionally, you know, girls are brought up to sit still, not make a fuss, not be too loud, you know, behave themselves, be pretty. Girls often, as they're then going through their education, get rewarded for perfectionism and for being nice and being liked and and all of those, really, they're they're more soft skills and qualities. And I'm not, you know, I'm not taking away from some of those, but if you think about when it comes to assertiveness and what that is, where it comes to actually having your voice heard, getting yourself out there, drawing attention to yourself, using your voice and, and getting what you want, that's kind of the opposite of a lot of our conditioning. And so we have to, as women, overcome some of that conditioning that we've experienced and find a way of, of getting ourselves out there. Because if we don't, then we don't put ourselves forward for the positions that we want. We don't stand up to inappropriate behavior. 
we don't get what we want. And that shows up in all aspects of our life. You know, you talked about in our career, you know, with our relationships at work, with our relationships out of work, as mums, with our relationship with our kids, you know, not being able to be assertive can hold us back in in every single aspect of our life. And the irony is, is that because of our conditioning, it's really hard for us to do that. Interesting. So let's talk about the consequences because people, you know, there's challenges here that women aren't assertive for certain reasons because they're worried about what might happen if they do X, Y, Z. And, you know, that might mean letting go of things and, you know, sort of moving on and, and changing your current pattern of behavior or people you hang out with or, you know, moving employees and things. So talk to us a little bit more, Antoinette, about, you know, why it is a challenge for women and what can be some of those things that we just need to be mindful of. Yeah. So if we think about specific examples and, and when we were talking before, you know, I was asking you for examples of um, people who from super mums um, sort of ex- experiences that they may have gone through. The things like asking for flexibility from an employer when it comes to the work environment or maybe asking a client to respect boundaries if they work part time or maybe asking a partner to give them a couple of hours, you know, to themselves. Those are the sort of examples that we were talking about that that would resonate with your members. And so it's it's about feeling confident enough to be able to ask for those things mm. in a clear and concise and strong and powerful way, as you said before, but without getting people's backs up, you know, not doing it in a kind of shouty aggressive domineering way which often you know people will resist tooth and nail Mm. it's about doing that but it's also about you know that classic the boundaries that we set for ourselves because it's so easy for those boundaries to be eroded and I think especially now with everyone working from home juggling homeschooling all the things that you know we're all having to you know those boundaries have have been eroded between what is is a work environment, what you do, what we do at work, and what we're trying to do at home as well. So, for example, I've I've had a number of examples of people, you know, they get FaceTime calls or they get WhatsApp messages in a work context, and and I I think that those you know communication platforms are they're more for personal communication, and then you use email or you use you know whatever Yabba or Jabba, you know things like that you know, for work. And so everything just becomes blended and eroded. And as a woman, we're, we're, we're continually trying to do our very best, right? I, I remember when I had, when my two children were small, I was working in a corporate environment. I used to not talk about my children and being a mum and the challenges of, you know, raising a small family. I didn't talk about those things in the workplace because I thought that particularly in front of my male clients and colleagues, that would almost diminish my status in their eyes, right? And equally, I wouldn't talk about my work um, when I was being mum, like on my day off. I I wouldn't sort of talk about my work environment. I wanted to be the the perfect, the very best mum to my kids. And of course I do, but, you know, that that takes its toll. So so the sort of erosion of boundaries is, is I think, probably something that a lot of women can um, relate to. And so, you know, no one is going to come along and wave a magic wand for us. No one is going to fix this stuff for us, right? I, I think that often if people don't realise that we're not okay with the situation, they'll just carry on. So they yeah, might be yeah. continuing to pile on more work and more work and more work and more work. 
and the family might be expecting this and this and this and this and you know <laughs> the laundry basket is going to get fuller and fuller and fuller and it's like well who's going to do all of this and unless yeah. we're assertive and, and say hang on a minute you know I can't do all of this unless we are able to set those boundaries then then you know nothing's going to change so ultimately I'm afraid it is down to us yeah and especially when they've been at home like five changes of clothes in a day like they seem like more mess than ever before because they're just constantly around you like I think that's what women have been experiencing is like an overload of additional cleaning and additional things because you know people are at home the whole time right so and and, having spoken to a lot of the mums they are in that place where you're constantly putting out for other people first because Mm -hmm. there's so much more to do for other people particularly when you're homeschooling and having to manage all these other things but what I remind them of when we talk in our coaching sessions Mm. is you are no good to anybody if you are burnt out yeah you know and you you know yes absolutely you can put everybody else first but you also need to put yourself first so you can be the best person and that's the thing that really resonated with, with me the most personally because I've had to do some things for myself that have made sure that I then I'm giving the best to everybody else and not being like the burnt out frazzled, you know, trying to then not meeting anybody's needs very well, but as a half baked person trying to, you know, deal with everything. So I think, you know, you've really got to reflect on that pain point of like, is this a real challenge and what impact is it having? Am I being the best person for everybody or what do I need to be assertive about right now to to shift things? And Um, also to remind ourselves, you know, as mums, that whether we've got sons or daughters, if we are not doing that, we are passing on that very behavior to them because they learn through what they see. And so if they see us frazzled and overgiving and not having boundaries and just running ourselves ragged, then ultimately we're, we're creating kids who are going to do exactly the same thing. We, we don't want that either. So Yeah, so true. So true. So you reflected a little bit around, you know, we're going to talk about what is assertiveness now. And you mentioned around, you know, it's not about being aggressive and, and things. So talk to us about, you know, what does assertiveness mean? So people kind of got an idea around, well, okay, what would this look like if I was to be more conscious of it? Yeah, for sure. And in my book, I talk about the power continuum. And so I talk about where on the one end, you've got really passive behavior where we are, we have no boundaries. We're saying yes to everything. We don't even acknowledge our own views and our own wants and our own feelings and thoughts and desires. We, we put ourselves second. And, and so then if someone says something that we disagree with, or something that we might think that we might want to challenge, we just don't do it. We just go quiet and we don't say anything. So that's that's one end of the continuum. And then the other end of the continuum, the extreme opposite of that is uh, of uh, opposite to passive um, behavior is aggressive behavior. And we touched on that before. Mm. So that's shouting and screaming and slamming things around <laughs> and being domineering and with our body language and our voice just overpowering and wanting to put other people down and so you know that that's power over so that's aggressiveness and 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 the irony is is that when we're being assertive some people would interpret it that we're being that but when we are being aggressive like that it's that the difference between that and assertiveness is that we are wanting to power over other people and you know that they will either 
resist as tooth and nail or it will it will lead to a real battle a battle of wills which is exhausting for everybody so you don't want that either Mm. somewhere in that gray area in between is passive aggressive behavior which is one of my personal favorites the one that I kind of turn to when I'm not being my best um, which is it's like an iron an iron fist in a velvet glove and so you've got a little bit of like a little bit of aggression going on but it's kind of couched with a little bit of softness as well so it's like um for example um well, you know, I, I have obviously been the person who's taken the bins out every single week for the past year, but that's completely fine. You know, I've got a deadline, but I'll do it again, whatever, you know. That kind of, <laughs> all, that, all that kind of like, you know, you kind of sigh and you roll your eyes and you're trying to basically say through doing that that you're not happy with something. But the person on the receiving end, they're like, Okay, there's something weird going on with them, but I have no idea what it is. So aggressive. <laughs> don't really get the message across, right? <laughs> that one. I think my thing is the clothes next to the laundry basket. <laughs> what? Sorry, clothes next to the laundry basket is like the clothes can go in the laundry basket. I need to know what's dirty. <laughs> Oh my god! Really? <laughs> I remember at the start of this whole lockdown business, what I did. Oh, it's such a classic passive aggressive thing today to do. We had like everyone's kind of cups and saucers and not, not saucers. We don't do saucers, but plates and everything. <laughs> posh household. <laughs> We're not that posh. Next to the dishwasher, and it's like, why can't you just put them in the dishwasher? So oh my dry. god. <laughs> So I got three pieces of paper and like um, three arrows. One arrow is like not here. Things that weren't in the dishwasher. Another one was like not here, and that was the things that were in the sink. And then the third arrow was here. <laughs> so classically passive aggressive. And they're like whatever and the circle next day is exactly the same thing so every day it's like it's just a waste of energy and it doesn't yeah. go anywhere so how do we solve this <laughs> so how do we get it across this <laughs> <laughs> is the place in the middle where it's like so for example let's let's go with the um dishwasher example it's um well, we're all using this house. We all eat and drink equally in the environment. It's really important for me to keep a, a clean and tidy environment. And so what I want you all to do is to take your mugs and things and put them in the dishwasher. Thank you. Right? So you're communicating the reason why you want something to happen, you're being really specific about what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. You're saying thank you, right? You're not you're not being aggressive with it, um, and and you're communicating. Did you hear what happened with my voice? My voice was quite precise and um, quite my my voice was quite low, and so there was strength in that. Equally, let's let's look at an example of boundaries around working part-time you know one an example is that something that would resonate with the um mm. super mums? yeah absolutely asking for more flexibility at work yeah okay so an example might be as we are currently homeschooling or as we're moving out of lockdown um, I'm looking to change my working hours 
and, and not too much over explanation because you know what diffuses assertiveness is we go and because of this and because of that and da 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 and you know wanting them to feel sorry for us da 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 it's like we don't need to go there we just want to be super clear and so what I'm looking for is I'd like to reduce my hours from five days a week down to four and I'd like to have a conversation about how we can make that happen mm-hmm. and then stop because again, what diffuses the assertiveness is, is that we then start kind of over explaining and say, well, you know, I know that this might be an issue for you. And, you know, I'm happy to look at different alternatives and da da da. We mm, give too much. Excuses already, right? Exactly. So, mm. assertive communication is about t- to be able to do that, we need to be really clear on what we want in the first place because mm. often we're not because we haven't thought about what our boundaries are or what we want out of life or, and what we're prepared to give in different aspects of our life. We haven't given it enough thought. And so we have to give it that thought first, be super clear. And then it's about communicating it. In it's almost as though you're reading bullet points out. So it's statement, 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 mm-hmm. and then stopping talking. Mm, interesting. And it, it feels like, and I, I'm subject to this, I'm sure many women are as well, we can overthink what the responses are going to be and we yes. get get ourselves all worked up about they're going to say no for whatever reason, like you say, be focused on, you know, it might be tricky because of X, Y, Z. So it's kind of pulling yourself back from that, right? It's kind of going, you know, don't sort of list the issues or anything because you, you they might not be any. <laughs> it yeah. might be just in your mind. Yeah. But just being clear around what's going on for you and but not in a in a sort of a an emotional way, but kind of in a way of look, this is what I'm you know, this is what I'm wanting and experiencing and this is what I'd like. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's you're using the word I. So you're owning what you want, like you said. And it's stating your position from the outset and then leaving it. You're absolutely right. So for example, I was coaching someone last week and she was talking about going off maternity leave and wanting to ensure that the role that she had when she came back was was the role that she wanted. She'd also just been promoted and, and she was wanting to just secure, hadn't had the opportunity to secure the salary that she knew that she deserved. She'd just been promoted without the salary. So it's like, okay, so there's a number of things that need to get get be got clear here with the next conversation with your manager. Mm. And so I said, all right, well, look, how much are you looking for? What salary are you looking for? And she was like, oh, well, you know, it's not so much about what salary I'm looking for. It's more about, you know, how much they have available to allocate to the different new roles that are coming. And I don't know if I'm going to come back part-time or full-time. She was kind of already putting a whole load of objections and Mm. barriers in her own way. And, and I said to her, look, that's such, that's such a female response because a, a male response, and I, I don't like to put people in boxes too much, but the evidence does show and all my experience of talking with women shows is that a man will say, well, I'm looking for this amount, mm. full stop. Mm, so true, yeah, yeah. So you think about gender pay gap and the fact that, you know, it's just the inequality of how women get reimbursed for what they do compared to men it's so often and it's not right it should absolutely be equity here but it's it's often because women themselves are not stating what they want and making sure they get it Mm, interesting so have you got examples of how you've lived this out in practice 
internet work for you <laughs> maybe the dishwasher example is not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> well I mean the reason why I do this work and the reason why I wrote power up is because I'm, I'm very conscious of this all the time I'd, I've, I've lived my life experiencing the opposite of feeling powerful and then made it my life's work to find ways of communicating assertively so that I do feel powerful and so I'm continually observing situations where I have a choice and challenging myself to take the assertive path. And so it, it's an ongoing process and it's big things and little things. And so I think that when it comes to being able to do it when you're in a big thing situation, like for example, negotiating pay or talking about, you know, uh, flexible working or stating your boundaries in the work, in the home environment, for us to be able to do the big things, we need to practice the little things as often as we can. Mm. And so examples of little things are things like, um, I I used to do a lot of traveling up to Birmingham. I used to do a lot of work up there. And I used to have to leave Euston Station really early, like five o'clock in the morning. Mm. And I'd go in a quiet carriage so that I could either work or crash out so that I'd have enough energy to do what I needed to do when I got to Birmingham. And I, I remember... One particular time, we I was in the quiet carriage and there were a number of other people all either working or, or sleeping. And then this family came in with three kids. Wow. <laughs> they were like... This early in the morning. And like bags <laughs> and they were talking at the top of their voices. And, da, da, da. and I was like, well, I've, I have a choice here. I could just sit here and seethe which I have done, you know, in years gone by, I just, just undone the passive aggressive thing, you know, <laughs> just like, for two and a half hours. Done that. It's a lot of puffing and puffing. <laughs> yes, Did it make a difference? Cutting and moving. I've done that. And instead I thought, right, okay. So now this is my opportunity to be assertive. And so I stood up. And I went over to them and I said, um, excuse me, I'm not sure you've realised this is the quiet carriage. And as you can see, people in this carriage are either sleeping or working and they've chosen the quiet carriage so that they can do that. Um, I appreciate you've got a small family, but there's another carriage just behind us, which has got plenty of room, full stop. And then I walk back to my seat. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. And um, they didn't move, but they were super quiet all the way to Birmingham. And so, you know, it's examples like that. So also, you know, back in the day where we used to to travel on trains, spent a lot of time on trains, Mm. (laughs) where you've got someone sitting next to you and they're listening to their headphones really, really loud. Yeah. Or... I remember, I remember someone um, who was like sniffling. They were literally snot was everywhere, and it was like literally just at the start of the pandemic. And and I was observing this because I was a few seats away, and the guy opposite him took the aggressive approach and went, "Can you just blow your nose?" And the guy was like, "All right, mate." And it almost like you know turned into this big fight. And I was like, "That's the aggressive approach." Mm. <laughs> what would have been the assertive approach? It may have. In that moment, it may have been as simple as just passing him a tissue, you know. Yeah, true, true. And so for the people, like some of this, what you just said brings up little bubbles of like, oh, 
making me nervous. It's confrontation type sort of situations. How do you get out of that mindset? Because some women will naturally think, oh gosh, you know, I don't want to be confrontational with people. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so it, it does partly go back to that practice. But what also is really helpful, and I use this all the time, is a strategy which I call the power pause. Okay. And so just to break it down, there's a number of different steps to it. And it's in those situations where, yeah, you, you feel like, oh, you know, going into a confrontation, don't really want to, or you've been triggered in some way, you know, someone said something or done something and you're like, that is not okay. That's not cool. And you're like, Ooh. so we, interestingly, we do have a choice, but we might not realize it at the time because we might just go into passive or, or aggressive, passive, aggressive, or a weird mixture of the two where, we might flip our lids and lose it or start crying if it's really extreme and we, you know, we mm. lose our power in situations like that. Mm. And I, you know, I've been in situations like that where I have. So I'm like, okay, so we need something that is going to help us in that moment, you know, in that moment we, where we've been triggered. Mm. So the steps are with the power pause is to notice that you've been triggered and so like going into confrontation and you'll feel that you'll feel that in your body. So you, maybe your heart will start to kind of race a little bit more. You maybe sometimes people get hot or they get a bit clammy or their breathing starts to go more shallow or in their head, there's the things like, you know, how dare they? Or, Oh my goodness, you know, I, this is bad. And so they've, they've essentially gone into fight or flight, mm. which which we do when we're under threat and we all know that. But then, so you recognize you've been triggered. And then the, the next step, which is the most powerful step, is you take a breath. So you take a breath in and, and then a breath out like that. And it only need take a nanosecond to do that. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it interrupts the fight or flight response. So physiologically, you're then helping blood come back into your brain. You're then helping yourself to be more resourceful. Mm. It also just gives you a little, literally it gives you a breather. So that's, mm. that's the second stage. So you firstly recognize you've been triggered. Secondly, take a breath. Mm. Thirdly, the next step is to label how you're feeling. Because again, what this does is it, it, it brings the power back into your conscious, rational mind. And so you think, how am I feeling right now? And you might say, you might respond to yourself, I'm feeling really angry or I'm feeling really threatened or I'm feeling really confronted or upset or sad or powerless or unresourceful or, yeah, whatever it is, just Mm. label it. Because then you're like, okay, so I know how I'm feeling right now. Because then you have a choice and you think, actually, do I want to be feeling like that? Or do I want to be feeling something different? And nine times out of 10, it was actually, no, I don't want to be feeling frustrated or like I'm about to cry. Or mm. So you then think, well, how do I want to be feeling instead? Mm. And so you then think, well, I want to feel resourceful. I want to feel powerful. I want to feel calm. I want to feel in control. Or I want to feel, actually, I am angry. So I'd want to continue feeling angry. So because of the, the thing that you've labeled, it might be fine. Mm. Right? It's, it's fine to be angry. But what's not okay is when you flip your lid and you lose your power, you, you know, you, you shout and scream 
that's when you become unresourceful. So Mm. you label how you want to be feeling. Mm. And then the final step is to then act. So if you've decided that you want to feel resourceful or if you decided that you want to feel assertive or calm, you then communicate from that place. Mm. I like that. And, it, it, you know, I've taken a while mm. to describe each of those different stages, but it can happen really, really quickly. And what it does is it just kind of gives you a breather and the ability to step out of the situation so that you can then go back into it in a more powerful way. Mm, I love that because it's a whole process which gives you the strength to then move forward um, in a way that it's kind of anchoring you like, right, this is why I'm feeling like this. This is what, what why it's important to do something about it. The other yes. thing that comes up for me, though, and it'd be good to either maybe, yeah, for your, for your input on this. But again, just going back to my own experience, I'm like, OK, there's something about nipping it in the bud. Mm-hmm. So for the example being on the train journey, which is a great example, but somebody walks into a carriage like if you said you know and they're being loud and okay you sort of think okay when they're settling down we'll give it two or three minutes five minutes so maybe you could nip it in the bud after five minutes if they haven't stopped talking and within that five minutes you just are I'll just wait and see you're not getting angry you know so you you kind of kind of tackle it in a way that you've just described as the best practice approach what might happen is if you sit there and think, I'm not going to say anything because, oh, God, it's a bit embarrassing and I feel confrontational. And, you know, so you sit there for 20, 30 minutes. It's winding you up. You know, it's going around in your head. You're then thinking, well, if I go up and say something, you're thinking through all the scenarios of what could happen. Like They could shout back at you. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably where you get to the point where you might then get to the point where you're passive aggressive or aggressive because you've overthought the problem so much or the thing that you want to stand up about, not done it, then got frustrated with yourself. Like there is something here about potentially just don't overthink it. Like if something's bothering you or you need to sort something out, to be assertive is about doing it more in the moment or more in the sort of the short term as opposed to the long term making it more of a problem I don't know yeah spot on exactly and that's why the assertiveness chapter is at the end of the book rather than at the beginning Mm. so people might think you know for for a woman to be powerful she needs to learn how to be assertive full stop but the thing is is that it's it's the other elements of the power-up model which enables a woman to be assertive And so the intuition, the power of intuition is you trusting your gut. Okay. So it's, which links to what you've just said about nipping it in the bud is that if something is telling you that you need to say something, that's your intuition and you need to trust it and act on it. So intuition will give you permission to be assertive. The power of knowledge is if you have the facts at your disposal and you are confident of your, say, expertise, if you're negotiating a pay rise or something like that, then knowledge will give you the evidence to be assertive. Mm. The power of resilience, if you have learned to um, develop a thick skin and bounce back, let, let things just slide off you, the power of resilience will mean give you the strength to be able to be assertive. And and so do you see how each of the different um, elements, you know, magnetism, the power of being able to attract people to you and, and develop that kind of magnetic quality, you know, when you feel like you've got that presence, you're more confident, more able to be assertive. If you've got the power of relationships, you feel like you've got a whole army of women who are backing you in that moment. <laughs> that will yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, so that it makes sense. Together. 
all these chapters sound amazing, Antoinette, in terms of, you know, building up all your confidence and things to be assertive. So how do we find out more about your book and where can people go to um, grab a copy? Well, thanks, Heather. And it's been great um, just talking about all of this. Thank you for your questions. Well, if people want to find out more about the work I do, they can go onto my website, which is AntoinetteDaleHenderson.com or contact me on LinkedIn or follow me on Instagram. There's loads of content, uh, blogs and content that's, that's going out regularly around this whole theme. If people want to find out more about the book, then there's a whole page in it and people can buy it on the website. And what I'm offering Supermums uh, is a special International Women's Day deal, um, which is the book is usually $14.99. I'm offering it at $10.99. If people go onto the website and pop in the code Supermums, I'm going to set that code up right now so that it's there. <laughs> Supermums, pop that code in and people can get it for $10.99 rather than $14.99. Oh, thank you so much. That's so awesome. And such a perfect topic for International Women's Day. Um, we couldn't have got that better, could we? <laughs> <laughs> it's like we designed it on purpose or something. Yeah, and it's so important. Like so, so many of the examples we taught today are like real life and how, you know, we can sit there as a woman, be annoyed about things and frustrated, but then not feel like, oh, how do I tackle this? Or it's kind of blown up into something in our minds that then it's like we come, it comes out the wrong way. So I just think, you know, have a read of Antoinette's book you know practice because there is certainly practice needed to be able to communicate things in the way that you talked about with your examples today like you know being able to sort of really rehearse it and you said even you were coaching people Antoinette and obviously just going through that you have to practice with somebody don't you really and kind of you know really feel like you've got it right yeah, yeah, do. The more we practice with the little things or or with a friend or a colleague, it's like, oh, I've got this conversation coming up. Let me just let me just play it through with you. Mm. And um it, it empowers us to um ensure that we can do our very, very best. And we owe it to ourselves to do this. So I wish everyone the very, very best of, of luck and love in all of this. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Um, if you love the show, please do review it on iTunes and subscribe to upcoming shows and visit our website, supermums.org, if you want to find out more about us and what we do. So thanks very much for listening. Take care and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye. Mums on Cloud9 is kindly sponsored by RB in partnership with Emfa.